as early as last week. Yeah, I remember hearing that uh, Alana J-Lo, I remember hearing that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was in the hospital, I believe, earlier this week. But she yes. probably went in there uh, I think a she out. went in there last week, actually. It might have been last week. But and she's uh, she's been going through uh, cancer for a while now. I think this might be her fourth bout with it. You might I, be right. I could be wrong, but it's something I like I know she's had <clears throat> cancer more than once, so uh, it's a terrible thing. It really is, especially when you're older. I mean, it was terrible when I had it and I was much younger. Yeah. Um, you know, much younger than she is, but... Uh, it's still a horrible thing no matter what age you are. Well, and also, like, somebody with that much power, who would they get to replace her? I'm sure they'll find something. But she is on her I think she is on her way out. Sad to say. I think you're right. It's unfortunate. It, it, is, it is sad to say when somebody's on their way out from a, a disease like cancer. It's, um, it's terrible. I mean, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I wouldn't go that far, but I definitely... I have a lot of enemies, so... <laughs> There was this interesting case. I've read a couple books on her. In, I want to say, of course I get everything wrong, but I think it was in the late 70s, there was a single father who wanted time off from work to help raise his son, and I think she helped fight for him. Oh, wow. If I remember right, she stayed in contact with the family, and in the 90s, she ended up marrying that guy's son to his wife. What? So she was oh, a justice wow. who presided over the, okay. the wedding. Oh wow! When that son ended, grew up and got married. Huh? She's a very interesting lady. Have you ever read about her life? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I have not. But uh, she's been around for a long time. I so. really admire her. I'm sure you do. Oh my goodness! This brings up an interesting question, though, babe. What is that? Do you think Supreme Court judges? Should have term limits. Hmm. I, I really don't know. Um, well, it all depends on if they are a good, um, if they are doing well as far as um, the judgments that they have made. Um, but that's objective. Well, I mean, because some justices, some justices did not make, have not made good decisions in the past. Um, I don't know about, I don't know much about, um, Justice Ginsburg, but I, yeah, I, I really can't answer that question. I don't know. I would say all of the Supreme Court justices have done things that I would disagree with and agree with. Uh, Ginsburg has a better record than a lot of people though, but even Clarence Thomas has done things that I think are good. I, I, I heard differently. I heard uh, a lot of people are not happy with Ginsburg. Yeah, but you watch Fox News. Oh, <laughs> Pot shots. We are not going to do pot shots here. Okay. I mean, you watch. You, you, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I should. I should. Uh, I should. Um, you, you would you want me to do a, a pot shot against the t- Young Turks? Well, that's okay. I mean, I I, I like the Young the Turks. The Young Turkeys. But I don't take you know everything they say is gospel. Either. The Young Turkeys. I think you should always question your. Yeah, the sources. Young the Young Turkeys in depression now. Oh my goodness! Whoa. Yes. Um. I also like secular talk. Yeah. A lot better than news and max. Yeah, secular talk. That is the uh, con- con- contrib- one of the contributions to the uh, poisoning of young people's minds. Really? You think that channel in particular is? Well, no, not, not that channel in particular. Kyle's but I, really cool. 
Not that uh, I don't care if Kyle's cool. Okay, I care on. less about Kyle. Well, what I'm saying is, it's a contribution. It's a contribution to, um, to the mind, the 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 uh, young people's minds being turned into mush. It's part of the contribution, I think. You mean you don't mean the channel? You mean the idea of talking secular, and not having everything revolve around the church? It's just, just. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm not really, I'm talking about the show because I don't watch it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just, just the information that's going around that, that kids are learning, um, it's, uh, it's appalling to me. I don't know, babe. It's appalling to me. It's, uh, you know, kids are learning some stuff that, uh, they really, I feel like they need to be, uh, Unfortunately, they need to be deprogrammed, but that, that's a different. But back in the that's day, a different conversation for later. Back in the day, we used to just like sweep everything under the rug if there was a political scandal, unless you had something like Nixon and Watergate, where it's so big that it couldn't be ignored. Don't you think that we need a press to keep whoever the president is to keep the president in line and to keep? Well, our public officials. I I do believe that we. So, um. So. The the only problem I have with that, is that there are, some news outlets that will be name nameless, that will not report on the other side of the story. Like Fox News. No no no. Go ahead. I'm joking. I'm joking. No. That's not fair. I'm just having fun, babe. Keep going. Okay. I, I, I have to say that there are news outlets that only report negative stuff about whoever it is they don't like. Yes. Negative, it's not like, it's not objective anymore. It's, it's more subjective, uh, subjective. And they don't want to, they don't want to pick up the other side of the story because then they would have to report on something that, um, that somebody would have to choose. Okay, this is, this is what I think and I don't agree with this. And so what I don't like is that uh, some certain news outlets have picked up a story, whatever it is, uh, um, whatever the story is about, I don't know, like <clears throat> marches or speeches or whatever, whatever have you, whatever, whatever you think it is. And, and they'll take they'll take it and they'll politicize it because they don't like whoever it is that is speaking or whoever it is. And it, it's because they have opposing view, opposing viewpoints and they won't give you the other side of the viewpoint that they hold. They'll just give you one side and then they're like, Oh, this is, this is total BS or whatever it is. It's this is total garbage because this person said it and I don't agree with it. And I think that if you're going to be a good journalist, you have to give both, both sides of the viewpoint, whether you agree with it or not. And, and, you have to actually report on the actual story and not just one part of it. And and I and I think we're seeing a lot of it now. And that's why I don't know that they shouldn't be involved in politics. Okay. One would make the argument that it is up to the listener to to view both sides. So for example, um I come at things with I'm a more liberal bent than you do, obviously. You're more conservative, I'm more liberal, but I still love you, babe. But okay. <laughs> it's it's up to it's up to us as the viewers to search out different news outlets. And and so but, 
But don't you think it's the responsibility of the journalist to do good reporting? And yes, it is up to the it is up to the listener because now it's being left up to the listener because certain outlets won't report everything, and now we have to do our own digging and our own searching. Yeah, it it, it should be the responsibility of the reporters, but reporters always give you a slant on the news, whether it's anti-Trump, whether it's pro-Trump, whether it's anti-Obama or pro-Obama, everybody has their own version of the news these days, which is kind of toxic. But the problem is, and I think you would agree with me on this, right? Or at least to a point. The problem is, is it's no longer, even if they didn't agree with the president or previous presidents, they're not, they're not giving you the other side they're not giving you the actual story that in its in its entirety. They're only giving you part of it, and there are there are there are um, publications and newspapers and um, news outlets that are pushing back against it and saying, "No, we're going to report both sides of the story, and you, we're going to actually report what's in the news, and you're going to have to decide." I agree with that to an extent. Sometimes the other side is completely wrong, though. So, for example. Let's say uh, Nazis are marching in Portland because, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? Let's just say they, 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 they're Nazis and they're marching. Right. I might, uh, if I was a reporter, I might report that, hey, Nazis are, are marching and it's horrible. But does that mean that I should report the good things that Nazis have done over the years? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying okay. at all. I am not saying that at all. I'm not saying that if, if you're re- report what's true about it. For example, okay. Okay. Um, there have been, there have been reports about what was going on in the chop zone, Chaz chop, whatever you want to call that, uh, that place or whatever it is. Yeah. That is now not occupied. How, how did that work out for them? Huh? Did they, they wanted to, they wanted to like the police. I wasn't, I wasn't go finished. Ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Let me finish my point and then you can get to yours. So, some some outlets have reported that this was like a summer of love thing, like it's Woodstock, right? No. That was misreported. Yeah. And they purposely misreported it. And Jenny Durkin, who's um, a defective mayor, she said she believed Your opinion. that. Opinion? I don't know this Durkin character. No, I, I'm very upset about that. Okay. She. She quoted it as saying, "This is a summer of this is like a festival. This is not like a a riot." And somebody commented to a reporter, "This is not a festival. We are doing something. We are. This is a protest. This is a riot. This is not a festival. We're not having fun." And and she wanted to paint it, and the and reporters wanted to re- to paint it as this like, "Oh, this is this happy go lucky, you know, like Woodstock." And it wasn't. No. This is a this is this is an example of. False reporting, and and there are outlets that have <clears throat> falsely reported the story to be this this fun festival that people were participating in, but actually people were dying, people were being shot, people uh, businesses were being burned. Right. You know, th- th- this is an example. This is what I mean. They're not. They were. They are. Re- fal- they are reporting false reports about stories, and they're not reporting the truth, whether it's good or not. But and this is what I have a problem with. Okay, here's what. He- I agree with you to an extent, but it it only goes one way in people's minds. So I completely disagree with Chop. I think that they're a bunch of idiots. I think so too. Right. But, um, and I'm glad we both agree with that. Right. 
what I've noticed in is when people of your persuasion, people of the right wing, want to criticize the media, they criticize things like CHOP. And when people like me, who are more leftists, criticize the media, we tend to criticize things like the build-up to the Iraq War, where this country was completely lied to to get... A false narrative was given to get us into the Iraq War. Um... So, I think it goes both ways. I, I think we need we need honesty in journalism, but I think that we're not going to get that, regardless of whether we want that or not. I think the the well, I think that there are I think that there are um, there are not there are no real honest outlets. Well, I think there are outlets that do a better job than others. The, I think that there are um, there are people coming out with um, new platforms that are not um, reporting the way that uh, certain outlets are reporting and they're pushing back against it because, um, unfortunately, when we were growing up as kids, that's when the, the downfall of the media was starting to happen, where you didn't get the actual story, but you got parts of the story, and it wasn't even, you know, they were, they were doctored or edited. Right. or you And know, a lot it, of that has to do with Bill Clinton. And that's a shame. That's a shame. That's a shame. I mean, I... I yeah, it's terrible. It really is. Are you talking about his scandal? No, I'm talking about uh, what he did in 1996, the Telecommunications Act. Because before he did that, there were limits to uh, how many radio stations could be owned in a market by one particular owner or right. how many newspapers could be owned in a particular market by one owner. And by changing that, mm -hmm. he allowed big business. It, listen, the media was always big. Mm -hmm. There were always these huge companies, but he allowed it to grow out of control. Ah. Another reason why I didn't... Well, I was too young to vote for him anyway, and I oh. wouldn't have voted for him anyway. Oh. Oh, oh. But anyway, enough of that. Yes. Uh, what we can say is, I personally, this is why I, I try to get my news from a variety of sources. Not just TYT because they have their own bents, not just secular talk, but also things like Democracy Now!, The Wall Street Journal, which is more conservative. Yeah, the, the Wall Street Journal. So I have not read a lot of things from the Wall Street Journal, but maybe I should. I don't know if they have, like, a paper online. You there, can get it through Newsline. There is, another, there is another paper that I thought about looking into, and it's called um, The Epic Times. Um, I have, I've only read a couple articles, but um, it's a... Uh, I think, if if I remember correctly, I think it's an online newspaper, and I'm thinking about looking into them. Uh oh, yeah. I don't know about that. If you want a good newspaper, though, I I don't agree with everything they say, but I really like the Guardian. I heard about the Guardian. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. I've never. Is it an online thing, or is it free to read online? It's free to read online. It's if you live in Britain, they're a local newspaper too. I believe. London, and I'm probably messing that up, but I, I believe that's where they originate from. But you can read them for free online. Oh. Yes. And then the BBC is also a great place. But each each place has their own view of the news. And each place put, puts their own slant on it. But Oops, sorry. But that's why it's important to be an informed person. Wait. Right. Well, that's a lot of what Noam Chomsky talks about, right? No. He says that if people were more informed, they would rise up. They would help change the system. I don't know if I necessarily believe that like I once did, but it is an interesting hypothesis of his. A hypothesis. Yes. 
I will. I mean, I don't know much about Noam Chomsky, but I will. I do like that he is not for cancel cancel culture, and I'm glad that you're not for it either because I I think it's terrible. Oh, I think cancel culture is very disruptive. It's it's very disruptive and it's counterproductive and yeah. it's not helping anybody. And uh, even even and you know what's really sad though, the people that are canceling. They're canceling people that are actually on their side as well. Well, they they try to cancel Noam Chomsky, who's a hero to the left. Yeah, I think you told me about that. Yes. I mean, I can't tell you how many Chomsky books I've read or uh, lectures I've listened to over the years or how many times I've seen him on Democracy Now. Yeah. I, I really want to see... I really want to read uh, 1984 and see the movie um, because uh, it, it's it's unfortunately in some ways very prophetic yeah i think the problem though is people try to see i'm of the opinion that both sides do it i'm of the opinion that both the left and the right are trying to censor us in some way and i think people generally choose sides like i know you choose a side of the right is always right but i know friends on the left who think that it's only that the the left doesn't do it and i think both sides are, are, are complicit in this Hmm. Well, I will. I will say this. I will say this. Now, I don't agree with censorship either. Yes. Um, so, I'm not going to go into the details of this movie, but I will say that um, there was a movie that came out called Unplanned. It came out last year, uh, sometime last year. I was in it. I started in it. No, you weren't. Oh, okay, go ahead. And you wouldn't have been. Okay, go ahead. Um, and so uh, there were, uh, and it and it was a faith based movie and. The thing I didn't like about um, hearing about this is that there there were Christian music stations that were banning um, a song from that movie because it touches on a topic that's very very uh, it's a very hot button issue and I don't agree with that at all actually in fact I'm I'm very against it yeah uh, that's that's one of the things that I I mean I would criticize anyone whether they were Christians or not that are um, okay with censoring anybody yeah. And I don't, I don't agree with that. And and for a Christian station of all stations to to ban that song, um, there are song that that song is still playing on Christian stations, by the way. Well, but it, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. Here's yeah. where it gets a little bit tricky with yes. music. Um, yes. And I, I, I don't, I'm assuming the topic of the song had to do with abortion, just from the title of the movie. Would that be a correct well, it, assumption? It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't talk about it necessarily but it it is in that in that movie yes it oh. is in that movie and the movie was about abortion yes. okay so here's where the censorships censorship of songs on radio gets a little bit tricky right again i haven't heard the song um but it is a good song but radio stations always send always refuse to play songs right and it's not just liberal or conservative that's just the way radio stations are i don't agree with it though right but the other thing i would say is how many people listen to the radio anymore there are people that still do. There are people that still do. I mean, whether they have an a, um, echo device or not, um, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the percentage is. People still do listen to it. I know people that listen to it um, on their buses or whatever it is. But so did you think that the song was good? I did. Another question I would ask you about the song, besides for the content, mm -hmm. was it by an artist who's already well-known in the Christian community? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. I I don't know how I feel about that. Yes. Uh, I I don't agree with it. And and there uh, and and there were Christians that were speaking out about it. Like, why would you ban this song? There's mm. nothing in it that 
you know, there's nothing in it. Well, yeah, there, there's nothing in it that would even cause anybody any stress. It doesn't talk about it in detail. It was just in that movie. And just because it was in that movie, there are Christian stations that have banned it and they won't play it. And I've heard it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a really great song actually. It's uh, it is actually a it it sounds like a very uplifting song to me. But but uh, well, and then and then here's and then I guess here's if you want to go more secular, right? Remember yeah. remember that whole uh, um, mute mute R Kelly thing, right? Yes. And we both have we both have uh, we both agree to extend on that. Oh yeah, I mean I think the guy is. Should be. In, I think he should spend the rest of his life. I, I believe that too. He's he's really caused a lot of pain to women. Yes. And children, children. Yep. Especially. Yep. And he needs to he needs to spend his life in jail. No no parole. He can't see his kids. All of that. Having said that. Yeah. From what I remember, they wanted to take his music off of streaming services. Everywhere. Everywhere. Okay, I don't agree with that because there are still some songs that I do like from him. Yeah. I mean, my, my sister used to have a CD of him and he had some, you know, he, he one of his songs that I really like was Dream Girl and um, there were some other things, there was some other songs that were really fun like uh, Step in the Name of Love and um, uh, I mean, he, he was a brilliant songwriter. His, um, people like to dance to his music and I don't think that just because you support the art that you're supporting exactly what he does because yeah. he's going to do that regardless of whether he's performing or not performing. I am not a fan of his music, and I agree with you. I think it's very problematic when you remove somebody's music. Right, and... From society. Right, exactly. Whether it's Michael Jackson, whether it's Stevie Wonder, whether it's, you know, whatever whatever they do, right? They're, we're all going to be flawed anyway. But appreciate the art... But don't you know? Don't don't take it away from the people that are patrons of the arts. Um, I I don't I don't agree with that, and and I don't agree with radio stations not playing his music because people still like it. And then it becomes a question of where does it stop? Okay, we agree that R. Kelly was a bad guy. Right. Okay. And let, let, let's say we all agree that he's so bad that his music should be taken off a of radio. Uh huh. You know, we're playing devil's advocate here. Uh huh. Where does it stop? Do we yeah. censor uh, Michael Jackson? Well, okay, that's a good argument. But then we, do we censor somebody? Do we censor Jerry Lee Lewis? Okay, well, we can make an argument for him. Right. But then you know, do we censor somebody who... who? Yeah, like Gary... You know, was with somebody who was just a little bit too young for them? I mean, right, it's like, a like, very like, slippery song. Like Gary, Gary Glitter was a, um, a guy who... I, I believe the song is called The Hay Song, and they played it at sporting events. Um, he was found out to be um, a sexual predator. But they're still playing it at sporting events, um, whether it's been played by a marching band or a pep band or something. It's a great song. It gets people uh, riled up um, for the game or whatever mm-hmm. game it is, whether it's baseball or basketball or football. Or, you know, We used to play it at my high school because I was in pep band. And I love the song. But, you know, I mean, are we going to keep on censoring such and such person because they were accused of this crime or whatever it is just because but just because you don't like it no I don't think that should happen no absolutely not and then it moves beyond music we could go to books Mm -hmm. what books are are acceptable for people to read right like like 
like like now uh, schools have banned Huckleberry Finn, and I think it's a disservice to, to kids. Uh, that's not a recent thing. Schools have been doing that for decades. They've been doing it a lot. I mean, I think I read like a watered-down version of Huckleberry Finn because, you know, they've been doing it since, you know, be, even before I was born, mm-hmm. I'd imagine. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean... Books, movies, television shows. I mean, what's, what's, how, you know, before we have no source of entertainment. And I don't think that's, that's healthy. I think there's a good argument to be made that every bit of art is problematic in some way. Mm-hmm. Whether it's what it says or who made it. But to just censor it and say, okay, we don't have that. Yeah, what, I mean, what are we, what are we going to have left? Right. I mean, there's a lot of people that are against, you know, nude paintings or, you know, like nude, whatever. Well, it there's is. that great episode of The Simpsons where Marge wants to censor Itchy and Scratchy. Yes, I, I remember that. Yes, we watched of it violence. together. Yes, and I watched it when I was a kid. Yes, I, I've seen. I don't know how many times I've seen it. Yeah, uh huh. And she's successful, but then people want her to go against uh, David, the statue of David. Right. And right. she says, she realizes that, that that's, that's a step right. too far. Right. It is. And she comes out against censorship after that. Right. And she learns it. It's, 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 a, it's a very realistic depiction, I think, about what goes on people's heads. Like, well, I mean, where is it going to stop? Do we have to, are we going to get rid of this, 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 this until... An example from my own life. Yeah. This is going to piss people off. I still think Louis C.K. is funny. To me, Louis C.K. is still very funny. I thought his show was stupid, but I always thought his show was stupid. But his stand-up comedy still makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you have your own tastes. Yeah. But I have no problem with watching a, a Louis C.K. video just because he was accused of some stuff. Well, here's the thing that that people are, that I, I want to, you know, jump down his throat want to say, right? See, he... The thing that the things that happened with him, from what I heard, they were all consensual. They were consensual, right? But what what really makes me upset is the Garrison Keeler thing. And I know that you haven't watched a lot of um, or listened to a lot of a Prairie Home Companion. And it upsets me that he had a career. Yeah, I agree. He had a career. That upsets me that he had a career. No, oh, you meant something else that bothered you about him. Go ahead. <sighs> Sorry, it was a dumb joke. That didn't fly. Sorry. Go ahead. No, the fact that. That he was accused of something that wasn't even remotely harmful. Um, you know, he touched a woman's back for crying out loud, right? And then he reached out to her and said, I am so sorry. I did not mean to do that. And they were going to get him on um, sexual harassment. And he said, you know, and this was happening like right around the time that he retired. Old guy. He's done some comedy stuff um, with audiences. And he's had this show since the 70s. It's been really, really popular. A lot of people like listening to it on the radio, and they're going to frame him on sexual harassment when he reached out to the woman and said, I'm sorry. And, that, and that's where it goes too far. And I don't understand. You know. By the way, did Louis C.K. ever get any consequences out of that? Because I, I didn't hear any Oh, his more. career got ruined. He was about to put out a movie. It was going to be released, and they pulled it from uh, distribution, I think, like a week before it was supposed to come out. Wow. He lost his deal with Netflix. He had his TV show taken away from him. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, as, as much of a fan as I am of a Young Turks and liberal media, when he started to go back on stage, they started to criticize him for the jokes he was doing. Um, yeah, his yeah, but where were, the, where were... I mean, why did they criticize him for the jokes that he was doing before he got... You know, I know, no, that's my point. I don't understand that. Why, he's, why he's, is it? Why is it different now? Is it because 
you know, we find out the scandal and... Um, the guy had some phone sex. Supposed scandal, right? Yeah. And it's like, With I mean... consensual people. Yeah, I don't understand that. If it was consensual, then what's the problem? Yeah, he got railroaded. Right. Um, I am glad that Garrison Keillor did not get railroaded, but I, I, it is sad to me that he got railroaded, even though I'm not really a fan of his, but it is a free country the last I checked, and now they don't want it to be free anymore. Yeah, but I mean... Michael Moore's career almost got ruined when he spoke out against the Iraq war. Now he was eventually able to make a comeback. So uh-huh. it goes both ways. Both sides do it. I just, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Censorship can get a little tricky at times, but it's, uh, you know, don't censor the art. No, no, no. I think you should find that, um, a dude, where's, was it? Dude, what is it called? The one with uh, Michael Jackson. Oh, it's um, what was it? What was it called again? The one with the, the Simpsons, the Simpsons episode with Michael Jackson. Oh, Stark Raving Dad. They, uh, they won't let you watch that anymore. And I think that's ridiculous because that I, I always thought that was a fun episode. That's not my favorite episode. It's not my favorite episode. It's but a it's, Lisa episode, but as as far as Lisa episodes go, it's alright. Well, I thought it was you know I thought it was sweet because Bart wanted to do something nice for her birthday. You know, yeah. he usually doesn't treat her very nice anyway, and mm. that that was one of the you know tender moments. Yes, that was one of the tender moments of The Simpsons. You know, and yes. when yes. when they you know when the stories actually had depth to them. Yes. I don't. I, that's what I mean. I mean, this is like in the beginnings, the beginnings of a great show, and and it's when the stories actually had more more depth and meaning, and mm-hmm. and you know, even if they were a dysfunctional family, they still had depth to their their episodes. Oh my goodness, babe! That's what I think. We've gotten into some serious stuff, babe. Yes, we did. We it's it's been a while since we've gotten into some serious things. I like that though. Well, we do that a lot in real life. We do. Yes. Last week, yes, we watched Hoop Dreams for the first time. Oh, it was really good. Yes, it was very insightful. Really, really good. Yes. Tell me more. Well, I think it was really interesting because you got this kid, uh, William Gates, very talented. Got, you know, he's I don't he was living in a poor neighborhood too. Is that is that correct? They were both in, in... They were both in very poor neighborhoods. Poor neighborhoods. But it seemed like William Gates seemed to have it, you know, have, like, all of his dreams, like, stacked up stacked up in front of him. He was talented. He uh, was working really hard to um, get into the um, NBA, um, really trying hard. His His brother was, like, living vicariously through him, though. He really wanted him to make it because he didn't make it. He wanted to, him to go to Marquette University, and he never made it in. Um, so his brother was riding on, you know, his brother was, like, depending on him to, to, to get it, to get things done. Um, I thought that was Arthur's brother. No, it was William's brother, okay. Curtis. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. No, Arthur, uh... Arthur, we'll get to Arthur in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to Arthur. Because I have some thoughts about his dad. Yes. Um, so, will I mean... You know, and, and then William, in the process, William injures his knee, and he has a daughter with his girlfriend, and, you know, he's kind of thinking about, you know, what life would be like if he wasn't in in basketball, because it was taking him away from his family, and um, so, yeah, and, and his journey into, you know, where he is now. Now, Arthur, okay, I do have thoughts on his dad, too. You liked his dad more than I did. Well, I, I well, I... 
Okay, and I have a reason for that. Okay. But let, let's talk a little bit about him, and then we'll get into the father. Okay. So Arthur, you know, goes, grows up in a poor neighborhood. He goes to St. Joseph's, and this is what really made me upset, because he his parents couldn't pay, and his parents were going into debt. Um, his father gets into drugs and leaves. His mother is now um, on fixed income and is trying to clean houses to make enough money to um, make ends meet. And, and he has to go to public school. but And she's also becoming a nurse, too. Right, he's all, she's also becoming a nurse. But here's the thing. And, and William goes to St. Joseph's and ends up going a different way. Arthur goes to public school, but he starts to really, really thrive and flourish. Well, we should say... William, in his team. William does well, too. He does well. And he would have... It looked like he would have been in the NBA had it not been for an accident. Yes. And it kind of, it kind of, uh, you know, was, um, it kind of, uh, gave him like, uh, what is it? Is it a caveat? To his story? Yes. I, I don't know if I'd say that, but What's the word caveat it, or a detour? It, it derailed him. It, it, it derailed him a little bit. I, I don't know if I'd use, it's a setback. Mm-hmm. It's a minor, it was a setback. It was a, it could have been a major setback. I guess it may have been. Um, if he let it, he let it, um, uh, but, but, um, but yeah, there was a lot of things that were going on with Arthur's family and he was seeing a lot of drugs going on and his friend was getting into drugs and his friend moved in with the family. His friend moved in with the family. That was his best friend. And then he saw him getting into drugs and he's like, I don't want to do that. Um, but he, um, but to Arthur's credit, I mean, he, he worked very, very, very hard to get where he is in basketball. Very hard. Um, even though his parents were separated, very very hard, um, uh, and I I feel like he really worked, he worked to get what he what he wanted as far as where he where he was going with it. Um, not that William didn't, but but William was able to get you know William was able to get the education at St Joseph's that he needed, and Arthur would have been able to had he had the the funds to do it. I think there's even speculation by one of author's coaches in the public school that had he played better, St. Joseph's would have kept him. Right. We don't know if that's true or not, but it's interesting to listen to. It is interesting. Now, okay. Now you can, now you can rail on his dad a little bit. I, I, I have my own thoughts. I was so annoyed by his dad. His dad comes back to the family. Coincidentally, they're shooting a documentary about his son. Mm-hmm. His dad comes back to the family and uh, oh god, I forgot the scene, but he makes it seem like he was he was going to sign um, he was going to sign a uh, paper. No, no, no. That that I was talking about a scene before that. Where, oh, okay. Uh, Arthur is doing really well basketball, and he, he kind of makes it seem like that's the only thing that matters. His dad does. Okay. And people who know the film will probably know the scene better than I. Yeah, I do, do remember the scene, and that that was the one thing that did annoy me. Okay. That was the one thing that did annoy me, but. So. Yeah. Fast forward a little bit. There are some junior colleges that want to recruit Arthur into going. Goes down. He looks at one. His mom comes down and she says, I know you don't want your dad to be here, but, you know, we, we brought him anyways because he's your father. Yeah, and, well, he said that he, she said that he, he, she was telling the, the interviewer. Yes, but presumably yeah. we can assume that she also told that to her son. Mm-hmm. Okay. The dad's there. And he gives this 
bullshit speech about how, you know, you don't have to sign this. We'll, we'll find a way to... Okay, why do you think it's so horrible? Is it because he just came back in and he thought he was, like, assuming the role of dad? A couple things. That is one reason. And I also felt that he was lying to seem like he's more of a breadwinner. Because okay, and I, and I disagree with that. I have my own feelings about that. Uh, I, I, to me, he just seemed like a fake person who is only there because of the camera. And I, I yeah, don't know and, these and this is a speculation because we it don't know about the family. It is a speculation. But I have, I have, I okay. So I have, I have feelings about that, and I disagree with you on it. Go ahead. Um, so, yes, I was annoyed when he said that you know my dreams are on on my son yeah. because I want him to do something that I didn't get to do. I want. I'm living by. I don't. I don't ever like it when people try to live vicariously through their sons or brothers or sister, whatever. Yeah. It's such a it's such a disservice. Um, he he got he 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 messed up royally messed up because he left the family got into drugs, but he did come back, and I feel there was I was a camera crew. Yeah, but here's the thing though. Go ahead. I feel, and I'm just I know it's a speculation, but in my humble opinion, I feel like he was trying to make things right. Maybe you know he wasn't perfect, and no dad is perfect, of course. Dads are going to make mistakes. I know my dad, you know, I know my dad as well as your dad, you know, they all oh, make... we're not even getting into my we're not, dad. We're not getting into our dads, yeah. but I'm just saying that all dads, all dads, doesn't matter how good or, or you know, how doesn't matter how good your dad is, um, they all make mistakes at one point or another. But I feel, I felt like he, regardless of whether it was a camera there, I don't know if it, it was just because of a camera... I think that he was trying his best to try to do right by his son, even if he wasn't, even if he was not um, living in the same house as his mother. He wanted to be there, whether or not his son wanted him to be there. I don't know why. I, I we don't, we only can speculate why he didn't want him to be there. Maybe, I have I have some thoughts on that. Yeah, and and they don't really go into they don't really go into like. Um, in depth as to how the relationship is. I mean, maybe the relationship is strained. We don't know that. But I honestly think that his dad was trying, and he could have done better, was trying to make it to make it right with his son. That, that's how I feel. I mean, um, in my own, and I don't have to go into my own personal life, but I felt in some ways that, you know, someone in my life was not, um, was not making, trying to make things right or trying to, maybe they didn't know how to do that. But I think he was really, to me, it seemed like he really wanted to try at least. It wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't like he, he wasn't, he didn't want to put in the effort. And I think that it's, it's more than what some dads have done. To me, and this is where we disagree. I felt like he was just playing the part because he wanted to seem like a good guy. And this is his way of justifying it to the world. Like, at least I'm trying as a dad. Or is it because you're cynical? I am cynical, but I'm cynical for a good reason. I'm definitely cynical, babe. Yeah. Uh, is it just the cynicism talking? Because I've noticed that you've, you've uh, been uh, quite cynical about families. and I'm, I'm, I, It's no secret. I'm not a big fan of parents, especially dads in general. But, listen, that's definitely going to inform my opinion. And I'm not denying that I'm cynical, but to me, that's not a bad quality. And uh, I think Why I have a right it? to be cynical about this guy. The guy left his family to go do drugs for a year. 
and I think I, I understand that. Um, I think I kind of understand given your history, mm-hmm. um, given your history as a, a you know, um, in your own childhood. And I've, I haven't had a, you know, I haven't had a good history either. Yeah. But I really feel like, yes, uh, as human beings, we're very flawed human beings. But I also feel that if a person really wants, the only person that can change that person is themselves. And if they really want to change, if they really want to make things right, then give them the chance to make it right. And if they mess up, they mess up and they haven't repented of it. They haven't repented of their own mistakes. And I think that there should be room for uh, repentance and redemption. I definitely agree with you. We need to offer people a path to forgiveness. Having said that, don't you think that it's a little bit telling that his own son didn't want him there? when he went Yeah, to- but we don't even know why. We don't I mean, know we don't. I mean, I don't know why. Maybe he just wanted his mom. Maybe he just wanted one person to be there. I don't, I can't say, I can't say, um, so I don't know, but I, I don't know that it's telling cause to I don't know. Is. To me, it's very telling. I don't know that it, it could have been some, some other issue. It could, or maybe it was just that he just wanted his one, one parent there. I don't know. Why would he just want one parent there? I don't know. I mean, I'm just guessing. This is only speculation. This is only speculation. Yeah. His mom seemed cool to me. His dad, mm. His his mom seemed like she was really trying her hardest, and yeah. she really believed in him. But that's that's and, the difference. Like, I'm sure his mom made mistakes too, but you could tell that he was putting in a real effort. With his dad, I felt that his dad was putting in an effort because there was a camera. Around. I don't I don't think so. I really don't. And 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 the reason why, I mean, I, I don't. I think that when he was saying, you know, I really regret what I did. I really. I don't believe that he was insincere about it. Maybe he didn't have, he didn't know, and we've talked about this before, that there are people in our lives that don't know how to love us properly. True. They don't know how to show that they care properly, and because they don't know how to do that in their, in their own dysfunction, they show it in a way that is very confusing or very harsh. Um, but we have to kind of give them, we have to kind of be a little bit gracious in some ways, gracious towards them. And... I think I was on the side of, well, maybe this guy deserves a little bit of graciousness because I don't know what kind of things went on when he was away from his son. I don't know what the relationship is after that. I don't know because I don't, I really don't. And I think we, in some ways we kind of have to give, some ways we kind of have to give people the benefit and the doubt and then, you know, not just writing them off and letting them show their fruits. Because that's that's really what's going to, um, really what's going to show people that they really have changes by their fruits. You mean like pineapple, <laughs> or like no. the fruits of their labor? The fruits of their the, you know their their actions. Yeah. The fruits of their labor. Their their actions is what I mean. Yeah. In in the Bible, there's a verse called "Ye shall know" that says "Ye shall know them by their fruits." Nice. And so, their actions are going to speak louder than the words. That's all I'm saying. I will tell you this. About eight years ago, I'm getting into not an extreme argument, but a, a, a slight, a very heated disagreement 
spirited. With, yeah, spirited disagreement with somebody who I'm very, very close to. And she probably doesn't want her name said here. I so. think I have an idea who, yeah, who that might be. because I told you about this in private. And yeah. this is somebody who I'm still friends with to this day and who I disagree with sometimes, but overall I think she gives really good advice. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about family and she says to me, you know, Rick, people do the best that they can. And I wasn't buying that because I, I am kind of cynical. So yeah. I called her out on it. And that's what started our, our heated disagreement. Mm-hmm. Then she said something that I really had to think about, but it was a really interesting point. She said, I know why you feel people don't do the best that they can, but what you got to realize is everybody's, and I'm paraphrasing her words, but she said, you got to realize that everybody's best isn't the same. Some people's best is like, it's amazing. It's like the best ever. And it's like this incredible thing. And you never would have thought that they would have done that for you. And other people's best is pretty fucking shitty. But with those people whose best is shitty, it doesn't mean that they didn't try their best. It just means that their best wasn't good enough. And that was something that I had to really process. But uh, so, maybe, so I say all that as a long-winded way of saying maybe his father was doing his best. After you just, after you just um, said a cynical thing about his dad. After I said a cynical thing about his dad. Now, we could argue, was he trying to be the best father or the best-looking father on TV? Or in, in the film? I think he was trying to be the best-looking father in the film, but I don't live with the man. Maybe he was trying to, to be the best father that he could be. Right. Yeah. He was well, the only person in the film that here's, I here's, and, and here's the thing that I have to come to grips with, too. Because um, there are some expectations that I've had of, of my family members, you know, um, and, I've, and I've talked to you about all the frustrations and all that. But I think that there are times where it's like you can expect this, you, you can hope to expect better from this person. But sometimes I kind of think, well, maybe that's all I can get because I can't expect any more from them because they're not going to. They're not. I have to come to the to terms with it that they may not ever change. True. And and that's hard because I've I've I mean I've complained to so many people about people in my family that why are they doing this and why are they doing this and how come I'm not true like and and I may not ever come to that understanding with with them and it's very very hard and I'm trying to I'm trying to come to grips with it because. It's so frustrating. I can't tell you how frustrating it is, even from as loving a family as my family is. Even as supportive as they have been, it's like, you know, I'm I'm kind of in between trying not to sound like a total victim because I can't stand that mentality. I never thought of myself as a victim, but I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that mindset that I'm always a victim. But, you know, I may not ever get that I may not ever get that respect. Um, I may not ever get treated like I'm an adult. And I, I'm i trying to find a way to come to grips with it because it may not ever happen. I don't know. I just have to push back when I need to push back and just hope that maybe they will come to an agreement. But if they don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll just have to deal with it. Yes. Does that make sense? Or did no. I just repeat what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said your own thing. Yeah. 
you know, maybe you revealed more than you wanted to, but I, I felt it was honest from, from what I know of you. I don't know that I revealed what I wanted, what I, I don't know. I guess I did. Yes. Yeah. I revealed what I thought should be, should be revealed. That's good. Do you feel better uh, after speaking your truth? Yes. This is why the movie is so great is because it brings up issues of family. Yes. You know. But I do believe that um, that even though my, even though I do have um, a family that I have to deal with, I know for a fact that if something were to happen again to me, they would drop everything and come to my aid. I mean, that's that's how they are. Nice. I mean, despite all the craziness that goes on, they would they would stop whatever they were doing just to make sure I was okay. And I can't tell you that it's. It's so good to know that, that when it, whatever is going on with me, I can always go to them. So it's, it's, um, it's really, if I think about it, it's really not a bad situation. I mean, there are some families that just don't care about their, um, what's going on with their kids or what's going on with their, their nieces or nephew. And they just like go on with their lives and they don't see them for years and years. And I have relatives like that, but, but the ones that I'm really close to, I know they're going to just drop everything and, and be there. Well, I hope they're not holding a baby at the time. <laughs> Leave it to you to turn a serious conversation into a comedy. <laughs> Alana. Yes. It sounds like you enjoyed Hoop Dreams, as did I. I did. I thought it was very... Um, it, there were some heavy things, but it was also very uplifting to me. I know I've told this to you many times and we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, but mm-hmm. Roger Ebert called it the best film of the 1990s. Right. I don't think it's even the best film of that year, but that I don't think so. It came yeah. out in 1994, which was an incredible year for film. Yes, it was. Having said that, I think it was an incre- an amazing film. I don't know that it would be the best film of the 90s, but I think it was very good. It's very, very... It's moving. very, very good. Very moving. Very, very... Um, uh, it really makes you think. Yes. It really makes you think about success, the measure of success, and what is successful to one person as far as what are they willing to do to, uh, to get to what they want to... You know, get, to get to where they want to be, and what would they settle for. Exactly. And what happens when you can't achieve your dreams? And I had to, I had to deal with that in college myself, actually. Mm. And I don't, I don't know that I should get into that, but. But the, and they made a documentary about you called Flute Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Steve James uh, decided to do that after Hoop Dreams. <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> I don't know that I want to be in a, a documentary about myself <clears throat> because that was a, I mean. I'll just say this. The year I graduated, I was going through a really, really tough decision uh, towards the end of the year because I was just recovering. This was like, this is like three years afterwards. After, after was, you recovered from cancer. Right. I was, I was just, you know, starting to really get back into it. And I was evaluating why I was getting a certain degree and what what was I doing? Who was I doing it for? And why was I doing it? And I I had to really I was really um, 
really struggling with it, and I didn't know what to do about it because there were so many demands on me, and I was the only blind student in the program. I guess I'll get into it. I might as well. I mean, I'm on a roll here. And so, and so basically, I was struggling with, like, do I really need this specified performance degree or do I not? And up until the last minute, when I was thinking about giving a recital, my uh, very kind and wise uh, professor asked me why I really wanted the degree. And two of my professors who are very kind and very wise and knowledgeable, I said, well, you know, I, and, and in my mind initially, one of the reasons why I wanted to get that degree was to show my, my then flute teacher that I could do it because she really didn't have any faith that I could. She really thought that I should just give up already and just study music history or something. Something that I really didn't want to make a living with. And I said, well, I, I worked for four and a half years on this. I was, I, I, I've been playing for a long time, ever since I was a teenager. You know, I really wanted to work very hard to achieve that and I want and and most importantly I wanted to show my sighted college that I could do it my sighted peers that I could do it and I think I realized that it was no longer what I wanted is it's it was more about what other people wanted from me and and what my mom wanted and it was no longer about you know it was no longer about um being, uh, having joy, you know, practicing all the time, because after a while I was like, I really feel like I might be burning out on this. And so I had to come to grips with that. And I realized, well, I can perform without being paid for it. I don't have to be in a, an orchestra. And I had to realize that, am I really that dedicated to wake up and, and work and, and practice for five hours a day? No there's so many other things that I need to do. And uh, so I'm slowly getting back into wanting to perform again because, you know, we've, we've gone through those open mics and everything, and that, that really was a door. That really opened a door for me to think about, well, do I want to perform again? And I thought about it a lot. I've been thinking about it quite a bit. And I think this time especially has been really getting me to really think about those things and what I really what I really like doing, excuse me. So anyway, that's my spiel. That's a good spiel, babe. I'm sorry if I started rambling, but that's my spiel. No, no, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I always question about to perform or not to perform, and right now we have more time to think about that because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I, it's a, it's a complicated thing, and it's, Interesting seeing somebody else who grapples with those same questions. Now, I didn't go to school and get a degree in performance art or, or come close and pay all the money and not get it, but... Yeah. You know. I mean, I did get the degree, but it wasn't specified, and I'm, I'm, I, f- I feel happy with that because I did work really, really hard. I, I wasn't sitting on my backside not doing anything because I was working hard and I was sick. Um, and I'm glad that I was able to take that time off when I was sick to really slow down because I was just going, 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 uh, practices, rehearsals, lessons, practices, rehearsals, lessons, you know, concerts, 
all that. And that can really wear a person out. I don't think that a lot of people realize what goes on in a musician's head when they're actually studying music because it really is a hard, um, it isn't easy at all. You almost have to work yourself to the point of almost being perfect. At least it felt like that for me. And especially since I was the only blind student, it was really doubly hard. Um, okay, my spiel's over. Yeah, spiel's <laughs> over. My spiel's over. We can talk about the flute some other time. We can. Alana. Yes. We're going to have a couple of interesting movie nights. Yes, we are. I haven't seen every Disney film ever made, but you're going to show me some animated movies yes. from yes, I think, I Mr. Think, Walt Disney. Yes, and, and there were so many things in the 90s that I thought were just so fun to watch. Um, Aladdin is one of them. And I wanted to show you that because Robin Williams, I thought, did a very good, funny uh, voiceover for uh, the genie in the movie. And everybody in that in that um, that first Aladdin was I thought was very good. Um, and then I also want to show you Shrek because that's also another funny, funny movie that I like. And I I haven't seen either of them. I've heard good things about both of them. Yes, and and sh- and oh, by the way, I did show I did show you an animated movie a few weeks ago. You showed me The Lion King. And uh, did we ever talk about that? I think we did. Did we ever talk about if you liked it or not? I liked it. I mean, I I, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. Mm. I wouldn't say... I don't think I would have liked it anymore if I had seen it as a kid, though. What does that mean? Well, oftentimes I'll hear about movies that I missed out of, and I'll think, well, I should watch that movie, and, um, and then I'll watch the movie, and I'll think, why did I wait so long to watch this? So an example that comes to my mind is The Matrix. Mm -hmm. I waited until 2017 to watch it. And I've been hearing since the weekend they came out, Rick, you've got to see this movie. Rick, you've got to see this movie. But it wasn't until I experienced the eclipse that I thought to myself, I I want my mind blown. So I put it on, I think, uh, two days later, and I watched it. And and I was like, why didn't I see this when it came out? Uh But with The Lion King... I don't think that I would have enjoyed the movie more if I had seen it when it was in theaters originally. Okay. I did like so, it. So, in other words, it wasn't up to your standards. It wasn't up to my completely high standards. But it was a good movie, though. It just wasn't, like, the greatest movie ever. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. It's, like, one of my favorite movies. But, it's good. It's good. But, it's really I mean, I, I, um, and I think there's a reason why that it... It was made into um, a musical, and I heard the musical is fantastic mm. with all the costumes and the singing is great, and um, the music is... W- did you like the music in the movie? It was good. I, I liked it, too. I, I thought it was very different than all the other music I've heard because it's um, African-influenced. Yeah. And I, I, I always loved it, and I thought uh, Robert Guillaume was great in the, in the, in, as a voice, a- the voice actor in uh, Rowan Atkinson. Yes. And uh, Jeremy Irons was fantastic in the... As, as Scar, I mean, how he was good, evil, though. how evil he was. He was very evil. And, uh, uh, you know, our our, uh, our friend James Earl Jones. Yes. Yes, I, I, I just thought that it was good. Um, I, I So I don't want you to, to give you the wrong impression, like I hated the movie or I didn't like it at all. I did like it, but it's, it's not my favorite animated film. Okay, and there's some more. I mean, 
okay, so compare, I mean, I know that there isn't really a comparison to that in the to- in Toy Story, the Toy Story movies, but you, you were impressed with the, the, the more Toy Story movies you were watching, right? Yeah, I thought this was, I can't speak to the sequels to The Lion King. It's not, but, well, it's not that great. Okay. The, but the best one, the, the first one is the best. I don't know com- about the real, the new one. But. Okay, if we're comparing li- the first Lion King with the first Toy Story, I thought the first Lion King was better. It, it definitely is better, yes. Yeah. I, I, and we've gone down this road before and we don't necessarily have to go down it again. I, I thought the first Toy Story movie was just okay. I understand that it was like an, an innovation in animation, but as far as the story went, it was good, but it didn't blow me away. Interesting. Yeah. The sequels were much better, I thought. Oh, with, and, with, and, Toy, with Toy Stories. Story, yeah. Yes, I, I, I agree, because then you really get into the toys and their um, their personalities, if toys had personalities, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the relationships they were forming and, you know, how what, what the, all the great lengths they, they went to, to to rescue... A toy, you know. I mean, it, it was it was really creative. And you even like the bloopers, and you don't you usually don't like bloopers. I like the bloopers because. Okay, so my theory, and I know that this is unpopular in the J Lo household. Uh, is well, that, in the J in my J Lo world, anyway. In your J Lo world, yeah, is that bloopers for the most part are staged. And I don't agree with that. I think that there are sometimes. I mean, it. I mean, it's speculation because you haven't actually. We haven't actually been in live studio audiences, uh, you know, or you know, see, sitting in at a at a, a reading of um, scripts, right? So we don't really know that. No, but I mean, there's movies where they'll have bloopers at the end of it. Right? Yeah. I'm sure once in a while you see a blooper in like a Dick Clark special. Or uh, in McMahon special, or or in, in credit scenes where it's really funny and it's real. That I'm sure that's happened before. Yes. But I think the vast major- majority of the time, it's it's staged. I don't to have think like so. a real because it's a good way to promote. I whatever I project don't you're I don't believe on. that. There, okay, so the reason I don't believe that I 100 believe that. The reason the Toy Story bloopers work so well for me. Is because you already know that they're staged. Okay, it doesn't make any sense to me. It does because how does, how does that make sense? You don't like it when blue when you don't believe that blue you believe that bloopers are staged and you don't like that. But then, right, baby, you're made. They want you to believe that those bloopers are real. With the Toy Story movies, because it's animation, they they already know that you think that these bloopers are fake. So it, it gives it gives you an excuse to like it because I don't have to question whether this blooper is staged or not. I know it's staged, so I can just enjoy the comedy in it. Okay, you are the weirdest person I've ever met really? when it comes to bloopers. Really, I don't think there's anybody that um, that I've known that actually you know analyzes bloopers. Are they staged or are they not staged? I think that most of them are staged, but because I know for sure that the Toy Story bloopers are staged, I, I don't. Not a well, I've heard mind. so. I can enjoy it. I don't. I don't believe that. And I'll tell you why I don't believe it. Because, and and this is where we disagree with regular bloopers. With so, I have heard. Um, uh, let's see, let's let's use. Okay, I know. I I keep talking about friends. I know, but Go this ahead. is this is what I'm coming up with. So I have. Um, on their tenth season, there is a, a little thing where they get together and they talk about um, uh, the next 
uh, or the tenth, uh, the last episode or the whatever it is. Um, I've heard, I've heard them talking about the bloopers that have happened. Um, also in like little um, interviews that they would have, they actually show what well, before they show the bloopers. It's like, oh, this is what happened. Um, when such and such was talking, this was supposed to happen, but this is what actually happened, and the audience saw everything. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, they, the, what they're trying to explain is that this actually wasn't supposed to happen, but this actually happened by accident, or um, I stumbled over my lines. And it, didn't, it just didn't seem staged to me, but that's my opinion. Look, again, has there been occasion where something happens on set, it's an accident, and it's really funny, and that's the thing that they use for, for the promo reel? Yes, there are bloopers that are genuine. However, I think 90% of the time, it's made up. Yeah, but how, how do you know that? I don't know. This is my theory. But I know that... So, so you really don't have any evidence to, to, well, to back up your thing. <laughs> I'm telling you my theory. Uh, I'm telling you what I think, but I also know... Hickey-y. But you, Hollywood is also a city where they lie to you all the time. Well, they're acting, yes. Of yes, course. they're acting. That's a form of lying. It's a form of lying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so, so yeah... Go ahead. So, oh, yes, of course, when you're acting, you're, you're playing somebody else. So, in, in a sense, it is a lie, but you're acting and you're entertaining. But it's not, just, it's not just when you're in front of the camera. How many times do you hear about celebrity marriages where it's like, they've never been happier, they're the greatest couple ever, and two weeks later... But, I mean, that's, that's... Okay, so I think that I will say this, and we don't talk about Hollywood anymore, sure. but I will say that Hollywood marriages and or relationships tend to break up for the stupidest things it seems like to me like they're only married each other for like 55 hours and then they divorce or irreconcilable differences whatever whatever that means well, that could mean anything right and they and they you know they, they break up for the stupidest things but some of them are really heartbreaking where they actually have where it actually um uh domestic violence right yeah. which that's 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 terrible. Yeah. Okay, if that really happened, or emotional abuse, or uh, whatever it is. But some, but I really, I mean, I think Hollywood relationships, in some ways, is a, it's kind of a joke because it's like you have to really search for the ones that are still married. I know that Paul uh, Paul Newman was married to Joanne Woodward Woodward until he died. They were married for like fifty years, I think. Yeah, like I mean that is a successful story. They right. were married for a very long time. Um, I believe Kevin Bacon is still married to Kira Sedgwick. Yeah. I mean, they've been married for a long time. I think there were times where they had to um, fly in and out of um, for their jobs. Well, they, it's uh, more than that. They went broke together. Yeah. You know about that, right? No. They lost all their money. Wow. You know how? How? Their financial advisor was Bernie Madoff. Ooh. Yeah. This is before yeah. he got arrested, right? It was right before Ooh. he got arrested. I don't know how many years, but Ooh, I know that's bad. that they still have their... Uh, most of their money with them. And Kevin Bacon was on Howard Stern. Ooh. I believe he called in. Well, there's, there's two great, there's two great uh, stories about that. So Jay Thomas, who played Eddie Lebeck uh-huh. on, um, on my favorite sitcom, Cheers. Yeah. He also had a talk show on Sirius. And one day he interviewed uh, Kevin Bacon about the whole uh, Bernie Madoff thing, and there was this long pause. Oh. So Howard Stern he- hears this, and he plays it on his show, and it's really, really funny. Because <laughs> there's this, like, awkward pause where uh, Jay Thomas is like, so do you want to talk about it? 
the the bankruptcy and and Kevin Bacon's just like no. <laughs> so, like a year later, Kevin Bacon calls into Howard Stern and they're talking about it, and he says, "Yeah, we would have gone broke if uh, Kira Sedgwick didn't have this TV show to fall back." The closer. I think it, yeah, I think it was the closer, and he said that that TV. Yeah, show, you told me about that. Yes, that TV show basically saved them from bankruptcy. Wow. Yeah. He was also, um, he also has a band with his brothers. He does. The Bacon Brothers. Bacon Brothers. What about the Sausage and the Egg Brothers? And I don't know, babe. What about the Steak Brothers? Yeah. What, what about the... Uh, McMuffin Brothers. What about the Egg McMuffin Brothers? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, babe. I think that's how it's spelled, B-A-C-O-N, Bacon. I think you're correct. Bacon. Yes, Bacon. Bacon. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. So, anyways, those are my thoughts on bloopers. Yeah, apparently um, I heard that there is, um, I, uh, uh, I'll, actually I'll tell you this later. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you this later. I don't want, I don't want to mention this person's name because okay. I don't know the person. And, uh. <laughs> so tomorrow night I get to pick the movies and I'm going to be showing you comedies related to war. Oh. We're going to start off with Kelly's Heroes. And are they I, both? Are they both pretty lighthearted movies for the most part? Well, you're gonna have to see. Kelly's Heroes, I think, is a little. They both have moments where they're kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly's Heroes is about World War Two, mm-hmm. and Wag the Dog. Wag the Dog. I, I question whether or not to call it a war comedy or uh, a media comedy, because it's about. The basic premise is, I don't want to give too much away, but there's this political scandal. So Robert De Niro enlists Dustin Hoffman to make up a fake war between the U.S. and Albania. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's got to be funny. It's a, if, they're both great. If movies. Dustin Hoffman is in the movie. Um, oh, Dustin Hoffman's just an incredible actor. So, so Kelly's Heroes, where, um, where did that come out? 1970. I don't think I heard of that. Do- Donald Sutherland, Clint Eastwood, wow. Don Knotts, a few other people. Wow. It's based Don during Knotts. World War II, yeah. I've, I've only seen it once, and I saw it back in high school. A friend of mine showed it to me. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking it was a great film. But I have a copy of it that we will watch. Because it's not streaming anywhere, I don't think. And uh, Wag the Dog, when did that come out? 1997, the very end of it. Oh. Uh, the, because the, in January of the next year... The Lewinsky scandal happened with Clinton. Oh, yes. And the film got a lot more popular because of that. Because it has to do with the presidential uh, scandal. Oh, that's funny. That's Um, what starts off the whole thing in the movie. Did I? I thought. I mean, there's so many. There's so many good movies that Dustin Hoffman was in, and I thought he was especially good in um, Hook. He was great in Hook. Yes. And this is a reteaming. He teamed up again with Barry Levinson, who directed him in Rain Man. I don't remember if I even saw Rain Man, but I've heard, I heard that it was a, uh, I heard that it was really, really good. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that I. Yeah, you bet we yes. did. Barry Levinson also directed one of my favorite biopics, the movie Bugsy, which you have not seen. No. It's a great movie. It's about the the famous gangster Bugsy, right? Bugsy Siegel, yeah. Bugsy. I drove my mom crazy because I watched that all the time as a kid. Bugsy Bunny. Yes. No. Yes. Bugsy. And why do they call him Bugsy? They never say why they call him that, but he was always really upset when when they would say that in the movie. He always wanted to be called Ben in the movie. <laughs> and he would like punch people out for calling him Bugsy. There's this great scene. 
uh, where he's doing business early on in the movie, and somebody calls him Bugsy, and he punches the guy out, and he's like, all right, all right. <laughs> Maybe you didn't know, but I don't like to be called that. <laughs> wow. Yes. That's, that's kind of funny, actually. That is funny, babe. Yes. Yes. You're getting tired, babe. I don't know why. I'm have, not tired at all. Have you been having any interesting dreams? No, not lately. No. Mm. But I have been watching some interesting podcasts. Oh, do you want to get into this? Uh, I'll tell a little bit about this. Okay. Um, so there uh, is a podcast that I've started watching recently, and I'm only in the second season. Unfortunately, they only have two seasons out, and there's 15 episodes a season, um, a lot of the episodes you have to find on, on their website, but the name of the podcast is called Compelled, C-O-M-P-E-L-L-E-D, Compelled. And it's, these stories are, is, um, I'm not going to get too far into it, but they're very, yeah. very inspiring stories of, of triumphing, um, triumph over adversity and, um, getting out of a situation where they have been in for years, and it's it's very uplifting. There are some heavy things to it, but it's very very uplifting. And um, I I was uh, I watched a few episodes from season two, and then there's some that I have not seen yet. Season three is coming out soon. Well, I uh, gave you a late birthday present. Yes, partially because the stores were closed down during your birthday. Right. I got you an external hard drive, and I put a lot of podcasts that I like on there because you're just starting to get into it. So I wanted to give you a taste of what the podcast world has to offer. Ah. I'm very, I'm very interested to see what you think about them. I mean, you know, there's Joe Rogan and and hardcore history mm-hmm. uh, and some history on fire, but there's there's other things on there too that I, I I'm very excited to get your take on them, whether you like them or not. Mm. One of them, there's uh, this podcast, Watch This, and there's actually an episode that I put on there that is a um, uh, a remembrance of Roger Ebert. Oh, wow. And there's one episode that's a remembrance of uh, Robert Evans. Mm. Um, so there, and, and there's, a, and I don't remember everything I put on there, but... I'm is that re- a documentary style? No, no. Watch This is, it's this blue-collar comedian mm-hmm. and his friend talk about movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's a movie topic type of a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but there's other podcasts too, and I'm I'm so excited to see what you think about my taste in podcasts. Mm. And you know, I handpicked the Joe Rogan episodes. I wasn't just going to give you all fifteen hundred. Ugh, no. Yeah. I would be like, what am I supposed to do with all of it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you would be able to fit the hard drive if it was a fifteen hundred podcast thing. No, I think fifteen hundred episodes of pod of the podcast. No, no, no. I think on mine, I have like. I don't have all of his episodes, but I think I have like 70 gigs so far. Wow. He's moving over to Spotify later this year. Yeah. So, I'm so you might the, as well get them where you where Yeah, you I'm can. in the process of downloading all of his past episodes right. and putting them on my hard drive. Okay. Yeah. That's good. But I'll, I'll have plenty of room for that, babe. You'll have plenty of room for that. Okay. Yes. Is there anything else you want to talk about, babe? No, I think we pretty much exhausted it for now. <laughs> We shared, you shared your spiels, I shared my spiels. Oh, I was mad at you earlier this week because of a dream I had. Oh, why? Well, what, what happened? I thought I told you about this dream. Well, it's, it bears repeating. I think you did. But... Okay. <laughs> I had a nocturnal fantasy 
okay. that you and I went to see live music, which of course is not happening now due to the pandemic. Right. But in my dream, there are no pandemics. Right, there is no pandemics here. Yes. We went to see some live music in a small venue, and the band com- comes on. Don't ask me who they were, but we were both excited to see them. You decided to sit down in the middle of their first song, and you stay- stayed sat throughout the set. A friend of mine <laughs> comes up to me and is like, what's going on with Alana? I said, I don't know. I was getting mad. I looked over. And you, it turned out that you were outside, so I go out to talk to you, and you didn't explain why you sat down for the music. And that was a dream. <laughs> Alana, yes. would, would you like to clear the air and explain why you sat down for the music or no? First that off, be a mystery? First off, I don't remember this dream because I was having, you know, I, I, was, I was somewhere else. I wasn't actually... Well, you, I, you were there in that dream. <laughs> Keep going. I can't speak to that because I don't remember being in that dream. Okay. And I was probably thinking of other stuff, and I was in my own apartment yeah. here. And that is, that is like, I cannot clear the air and say that I'm sorry because I am not sorry for something I didn't do. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you can be mad at Dream Alana because Dream Alana isn't real. Okay. So you say now. <laughs> Dream Alana is just a, a figment of your imagination. Interesting. I'm not really, I would never do that. In, I would never do that to you in reality. Good. I wouldn't just sit down and not explain why. I mean, if I was going to sit down, I would, I would probably say something like, I'm, I'm feeling dizzy or I just need to rest. But I wouldn't just sit down and, and not tell you or, or just leave and not tell you why. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, baby. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Uh, no, um, but that you have really weird dreams. Thank you. <laughs> so do you. So do I. All right, Alana J-Lo. Yes. I think we're good. We're going to call this Flute Dreams. Flute Dreams? Yes. Oh, okay. All right, right, babe. All right. Bye for now. Until next time. Until next time, okay? Okay.